All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Ain't no rules. There is no plan. No safety net. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the Three Nose Podcast. Oh, Peter Patter, let's get at her. Hello, and welcome to Three Nose Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Mike. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Drink here. Drinky, 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 drinky. There. There so, you go. Hold on. Let me yep. get, I gotta, get your drink. I had to make noise while you were drinking. So there's yes, like, vamping, vamping. Yes, vamping. Hey, how about that local sports team? Go ah, team. Go yeah. sports club. Yeah. <laughs> so, how you been? Uh, you know. I do? Not really. I was already. Not really. I've been kind of on purpose being a, a little quieter this week. So. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I was, it was... Work was a okay work week. I was on afternoons. Then I had like... Lesser shit show than normal? Or? No, no, it's just your standard shit show. Okay. Uh, actually, a little above board on the shit show-ness because... Uh, a lot of people are taking their vacation ah. all at the same time. <laughs> and there was, um, <clears throat> I came in, there's usually two people on day shift, two people, two people on afternoon shift and a midnight person, three lift truck drivers on days and afternoons and one lift truck driver on midnights. Okay. I come in Monday, Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I come to find out the person I'm supposed to be working with ain't going to be here for the week. Okay. I'm just like, what? Oh, no. Well, we just found out that either she had vacation or was sick or something. She's not coming in for the week. I went, all right, who's who's coming down to help her? Help me. Uh, nobody. Oh, wait. Okay. Oh, this sounds like they're trying to shift you back to the way things oh, were before. No, everything. They, they're just stupid. They're just stupid. They're just okay. stupid. Then I come to find out um, the Sunday at 11, when our midnight shift starts, like Sunday night at 11 p.m., mm-hmm. the scanner, my job, guy comes in. He's got no lift truck driver. So nothing's getting done. So nothing's getting done. If anything was on the floor, he managed to do that. But once that's done, done. Wow. Done. And it just became a combination of uh, people missing throughout the entire week. And then it got to, like, through all of this, I had Friday off. So I come to find out on... um, Wednesday, Wednesday, the midnight shift guy is coming in, came in early four, like four hours early, and then he was done for the rest of the week. Because <laughs> they had no lift truck driver on in No, no, no. The, the lift truck driver showed up. He was on vacation oh, for a so day. So now the lift truck driver is moving stuff around when there's nobody there to do anything with it. Right. Jeez. Right. The hell. Right. <laughs> I, like, and now your day shift has to work double time to catch shit up. Right. And Well, okay, the only thing that Which really, means you're doing the day shift stuff on afternoons. And I'm trying to power through that. Get through some of the afternoon shift stuff. The 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 midnight guy um, came in early one 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 of the nights, so 
me and him jumped on a bunch of stuff. So he took care of a bunch of the stuff that was going to make his night easier. I did a bunch of other things. He did his job. Guy on day shift, usually remember, the two people usually. Uh, <laughs> the person that this guy was working with took two days off in the middle of the week. <laughs> Had two vacation days in the middle of the week. Okay. So he's working by himself. Now, okay, here's here's the weird part. Um, I come in on afternoons. Uh, one one day the somebody stays over. The next day, somebody else stays over, like four hours extra. Okay. And the midnight shift guy comes in four hours early. Four hours early. Never once was I asked. I was just about to ask to either come in early or stay over late to cover any of this Is th- it- this overlap. Now. Okay, in your union situation, are you being bypassed? Is there an issue that way? No, they just never thought to ask me. To, Is it a to case that they figured you'd say no? I don't know. But... Have but, they asked you for that sort of thing in the past? Yes. And have you said yes? Uh, occasionally. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, that's weird. So, that's just like bizarre. In, in this situation, like, I... Probably would have said yes at least once. Especially, you know, it you know it looks like at least the people that are working are at least all taking their turn right. to you know. But that that team, that was go like, teamwork. No, everybody in front of me and behind me got asked to cover on my shift. Were they waiting for you to volunteer? Fuck that noise! <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, they they never. I don't know. Who was in charge of this? But they just said, like, um, yeah, they, oh, they they put people to my shift. Now, you don't think there's any, like... Shenanigans? No, no not, not exactly shenanigans, but animosity being built, you know? Any of the other guys off the other shifts, like, what the fuck is Mike doing? I... No. No? Because I believe... Uh, if if it was if any of my other co-workers had an issue, they would say something. Okay. Um, I don't know how familiar you are yeah. you are with these people you're working with because I know you shifted a lot and so on. So yeah. Oh well, all all like all the people that I know who these people are. Like okay. I've worked with. Like this is a high seniority job. Okay. So I've been with these in and around these people for a very long time. Okay. If they have a problem, they're going to. Express that problem. Got it. Even, even not to me. They're going to bitch and complain to somebody else. And you would have been asked. And it's going to come back to me. Yeah. Okay. So, or yeah, grapevine. Right. Gotcha. And then it's like a WTF, and all hell breaks loose. Kind of. Thing. And then there's a parking lot brawl. Right. Well, no, can't do that because it's still footing on the property, and you both get fired. You got to take it out to the boulevard. Okay. So there you public go. easement. Yeah. Uh, then, it, then it's fine. Okay, right in the middle of the intersection, right, right on the road. Right, right across from the OPP station, yep. nobody's there anyways. So. <laughs> the two guys that are there, they're taking bets. Right. It's like, oh, I'm, yeah, okay, ready, go. <laughs> oh, look at that guy. Yeah, he, Stop he's it. big. <laughs> Stop in traffic, man. He's sure. big and beefy. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, but that guy's tall and lanky. He's got the reach on him. Wiry. <laughs> Wiry. <laughs> Brawling right in that intersection. <laughs> 
cones out. All of a sudden, you hear sirens. Cops are coming. They want to throw bets down. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) they're missing the action. (laughs) It's possible. It's It's a slow night. Boring out there. (laughs) So, no, it was. It was. I think it was like Monday when I realized everything was going to hell, (laughs) and like it was almost like an hour into the shift, and I posted on Facebook. I was like, yeah. I'm reminded of a saying, a guy that I used to work with. They said they couldn't organize a gangbang in a whorehouse. <laughs> and I was like, the first time he, I heard that, I was like, what? And then I stopped and thought about it. And I went, oh, yeah, that's bad. And right in the middle of it. So <laughs> it was just one of those, just those weird sayings that, yeah, okay, this makes perfect sense. And I can't do anything about it. <laughs> so. Yep. I oh, just keep swimming. Yeah. yeah. How many days? Uh, oh, I forgot my phone upstairs. It's it's under five hundred now. So November November fifteenth will be my twenty ninth year. Okay. November fifteenth of this year. Okay. So from November fifteenth on. Okay. The clock. Is like now <laughs> the finish line is like right there and on the horizon. You're starting to see that, that big flag. Oh, and they said I, w- I was told, um, in your last year, if you work 1700 hours in, in that in your last year, if you can get 1700 hours in before your nominal retirement, you can retire after. You're, you're, you've done 1,700 hours. Okay. That means from January, if I work seven days a week, I can retire the last full week of July. Is it worth it? No. <laughs> Is it worth it for that sprint? Uh, I seriously, like... It would be a too much of a of, of an endurance yeah. thing. Six months is it would That's be much. Long. You do it once in a while, maybe. Right. If the, if the opportunity arises, you do it once in a while, and you maybe you're out in October. Right. You know that sort of thing. Well, even like even still, I think it, what I, if I go six days, I broke it all down. Okay. So, like I said, oh, I, as soon as I like seventeen, yeah, so you, you just got to look at every week as an extra two days, right. and you just count backwards for that. Yeah. Right. So I think it was like if I did six days a week, it would be mid to late August in there, and then like just five days a week gives me to my nominal retirement date you're not like our friend that i'm not going to say any details whatsoever but had his vacation like all like calculated out like a on pie graphs and shit (laughs) was able to sit for retirement like a year for a year and a half or whatever it was six months it was only six months. it was only six months i thought it was longer than that nope oh okay nope he he calculated all his vacation six days and he goes sorry i thought it was over a year no no he says i can retire on this date and then he's calculated backwards. Okay. And he goes, that's the day I walk in and drop everything <laughs> off. Like, you guys. So, <laughs> which he did. Yes, he did. And, I think he's been having fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now he's got this zip line idea. <laughs> <sighs> 
there's there's ideas going on. I think he needs to find out the, this fan boat dude and right uh, and and work a deal with him with this whole walnut cannon and oh, you know dude. have some fun. As I said if we can we can pull off like a um, like a Pirates of the Caribbean type Fuck, Disney yeah. show yeah. With, on the on the Thames River with airboats and. Uh, fan boats and walnut cannons. Fictional reenactment of the real Battle of the Thames. <laughs> Longwoods Row. <laughs> that guy's not Tecumseh. What's he doing in a fan boat? Oh, I bet you if Tecumseh had a fan boat, he'd use the fuck out oh, of that. Oh, so, fuck yeah. yeah. Just the noise alone back in those days would have scared the shit out of those yeah, absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like a roar of some crazy beast. So. How's your week been? Uh, well, work-wise, it's very quiet. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. We've ironed out a few questions regarding inventory coming in and why we haven't been seeing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're getting it. Supply chain issue. It came down to, uh, well, not, uh, supply chain issue is a big part of it, yeah. yes. But it came down to also a lack of training for the person who took over a certain position. Yours? No. No, the, the 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 woman who got the position who did all the, the purchasing. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Uh, she was given nothing. There <laughs> you go. And it wasn't until three weeks after she'd been doing the job yeah. that I it hit me that she was doing that job and I'm like, So Melinda, like are you did you take Sarah's job? Like, are you doing Sarah's work? And she goes, Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Oh, awesome. And we've been communicating on this stuff for three weeks. No one t- told me uh-huh. that this is the person I'm supposed to be directing all my emails to. Uh, every time we receive something, I have to email it to the purchaser and to accounts payable. I, she was the purchaser. I wasn't sending her those emails. All these questions I was answering her for, for like two weeks or more yeah. would have all been answered if she would have been getting those emails. <laughs> but nobody told me to send her the emails. Awesome. Awesome. Um, but beyond after we got all that sorted out, that which was a few weeks ago, it's been all it's been going really, really well. And Smoke every week we, we we take out another little issue or yeah. we, we start the process rolling on fixing something that's been gone going. We got a big meeting coming up this week for to look at consumables because she doesn't have a full list of what is consumables stuff, which means we don't have to do all the extra paperwork. Yeah. And she needs a list. Yep. And I don't know it super well, so we've got a couple other guys coming in to talk the process. And How's, how's your uh, your new guy holding out? He's doing really well. He's picked it up real well. Uh, Brian, uh, who's been out, has his MRI this week. And I don't know how long it takes to get results from an MRI. No. Long. I wouldn't think so because they already take the pictures, right? Like they have the pictures right there on the yeah. screen before they leave the room. Right. So what it is, it all depends on how quickly the MRI gets passed from the tech to Brian's doctor. Okay. And Brian's doctor can analyze what he sees. And if he has to contact specialists. Right. Before I'm pretty sure there's already a specialist involved because of his neck, his prior yeah. neck situation, because yeah. this is probably all connected. Yeah. So they'll 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 make sure all their eyes are crossing the T's dotted before they call Brian. He and I haven't spoken a lot. 
but he still gets phone calls from drivers and whatnot because he's still listed as the primary contact at our vendors. Yeah. And so he'll message me and whatnot, and then we'll chat a little bit by text. But I know, just knowing Brian, I, I've spent over a year with him. He's chomping at the bit. He oh, hates yeah. being at home. He can't uh-huh. sit on his hands. But I don't know what physical condition he's in. I haven't asked questions. I don't want to step in and step on a nerve, you know. Ah, I, I, that wasn't even that was totally unintentional. <laughs> um, but I just know from what I saw, what I know of his neck issues and whatnot, yeah. I will be surprised if he comes back. Yeah, you, you, just, I, you don't want to mess around with a neck injury. And yep. said the the worst part about it is it's going to atrophy his his arms. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Exactly. And so, and so and. For one, I'm going to be leery being around him. Okay, if he does manage to come back, you know, I'll be watching him like a hawk, expecting him to drop at any second. Well, you don't want him to. He's he's going to come back to work. He's going to think he's fine. And he's going to do the exact same things he was doing before he went off with the injury. Yep. And he's going to fuck himself up so bad at that point. I watched him do it. I watched him come back from like a, a... he didn't break his ankle, but it was a severe sprain. Yeah. And no, he no, it was broken. He stepped down off the forklift onto a skid, but he didn't realize that the board that he wasn't stepping on a solid board, uh, and it broke and he, it broke his ankle. Uh, oh. And I watched him go down, and I watched how he came back from that. And yeah, he now he learns very quickly when he pushes himself too far, <laughs> but he does at least make that first attempt when he knows he probably shouldn't. Yeah, that's that's definitely not good. Right. Well, that that falls into like, uh, did you see? There's a Cody Rhodes put a thing out. He says uh, <laughs> Cody said back from when he he destroyed his pack. Yep. Um, and saying yeah, his doctors have a timeline yep. for him for for his recovery, but they haven't told him uh-huh. because he would be stupid and push it. Oh, you said nine months? I'm done in six. Right. And yep. Yeah, that's that's how you do permanent damage. Exactly. So and I heard that and I'm like, well, then they're saving you from yourself, you idiot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so like I I get like you're bored. You're fucking bored. And you're you wanna work, but you have to think quality of life down the road. Quality of life, and what what really do you have to be worried about? You're still getting paid. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So once you sign that contract, you're good. Yeah. So, yes, you're bored. Uh, take a hobby. Yep. Yeah, paint. Write a book. Write a book. <laughs> Read a book. Uh, there's so much. And like, knowing that he's, Cody himself has so many other little side projects right. and whatnot, there's obviously stuff he could be occupying yeah. his time with. Yeah. Well, like I said. Not to mention kids. Ki- oh, yeah, kids. And <laughs> like I said, he's, he's got YouTube channels. Brandy's got a YouTube channel. You can be all over that. There's stuff and Brandy's not doing anything else. No. Right now, she's not employed. No, she's a mom. Yeah. So, yeah, you just do, do your dad stuff. Yeah, and don't worry about all the other shit. Exactly, you're in a he's in a position right now right. where he doesn't need to do anything no. except focus on healing right. and get some time with the family. Right, exactly. Of all people, he should know what it, how precious it is to have uh, time with your family when you're a wrestler. That's right, Brian. Yeah. 
Huh? Brian? Brian. Who's oh, Brian? Cody. Cody. Did I I didn't say Brian. I know, but I just said, said What the hell? Oh, you're messing with my head, man. I know, oh, you're high. I can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, the uh but other than that, it all works going with, with There's there there is stuff you can do. Like when I was off with my rib injury, other than not feeling like I was dying every second I took a breath, like I was bored. And I wanted to do stuff, but I physically could not do stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had to find hobbies that I could do without moving. So it was a lot of sitting in the chair and <laughs> reading books. So read I, a book. I've never been in that kind of situation for any lengthy. You know, I've had it for a day or two, a few days, whatever. I don't suggest oh, no. that you do that. No, I, no. I can remember being... Stuck in a hospital bed for five days due to an infected, ingrown toenail. Yeah. And yeah, being stuck in a hospital. Yeah. It sucks. That's even worse. Yeah. Sick people go there. Yep. The only good thing that came out of it, the, what helped me get me through, is this is, uh, I was still in high school at the time and I had discovered the Columbia House. <laughs> and my first my first 12 tapes came. Nice. So I had lots of music to listen to. You still owe money? Oh, probably. <laughs> I think everybody owes oh, Columbia yeah, House money. I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> and that's where we're going to find out, you know, when the when the true, you know, whoever, the Illuminati come forth and, yes, we control this world and we are Columbia House. You owe me $10. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's all it takes to. Oh, it was a lot more than that. Interest, <laughs> yeah, with interest, but no, because it, it started out with that. That first, the first twelve CDs or whatever our discs yeah. cost you end up costing like twelve bucks with shipping and handling, yeah. right? But every one after that was twelve bucks a piece. Yeah, and you you were contracted to buy ten more or yeah. something. <laughs> it's only hundred twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey. 80s, exactly. 80s, 120 oh, bucks. Yes. That's like, I don't know. A couple thousand. A couple thousand now with inflation. <laughs> <But> so, <laughs> damn, pay off those bills, kids. Yeah. So, uh, so you want to talk about some pop culture shit? Yeah, I watched the movie. I want to talk about mine before I fly into a fucking rage with your movie. <laughs> you assume. I. You assume. I don't assume. I know. Oh, you've already heard? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's right. a fucking... right. I, I watched uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Absolutely. My favorite Marvel movie. And I had a lot of fun with this movie. This is... Um, I didn't m- miss not seeing it at the theater. Okay. Well, so, that, I can get that. So... It, it, it's not because of the theaters that I would have seen it in. It was just like... I didn't need to see it in a theater. Sure. So the, the story was well enough that you didn't have to lean on just the effects right. and the visuals. Right. Yep. Which I think that's a Spider-Man story. Oh, absolutely. So like you're not really like you'll you'll get those the action set pieces that you'll you'll have, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yeah, okay, cool. But it's the 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 story the story that they're trying to tell like especially with MJ and Ned and Peter in this iteration of Spider-Man yeah that relationship um that being said Peter being a fucking complete 
selfish little douchebag when he's in trying to talk to Stephen Strange about the spell. Yep. And it all goes wackily awry. It's just like, I can understand Stephen Strange being so pissed off that the first thing that Peter Parker thought to do is fucking change the timeline <laughs> instead of making a phone call. And I was like, yeah, yeah, lock him in his room and like take away his Xbox because that was stupid. <laughs> but it worked, didn't it? Um, No. No? You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Because after after the dressing down that Strange gave Peter about, well, why didn't you just call? Yeah. So when he does go track track down the the was it the Chancellor? Yeah. And then we get the the first bad guy incursion, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, I forgot how awesome that visual of Doctor Octopus. Yes, is it, it, it's it's an amazing visual. Alfred Molina looked great. Yes, um, the whole destruction in that fight with Doc Ock and Spidey is like it was like this is a comic book fight. They were fighting underneath the bridge, underneath, underneath. over, through, like, like, everywhere. But the underneath, like I don't think we've seen quite like that yet. No, and so that was like. They're fighting in from every possible angle. When they were fighting <laughs> in that sign, <laughs> and and Peter is just just firing webs at everything, and he like he has the nano suit on, yep. and I'm just like, okay, this is a high tech fight. And then Spider Man's nanobots take over Doctor Octopus's arms. He pairs, he pairs <laughs> Doc Ock's arms. Like they're just a fucking cheap Bluetooth headset. <laughs> like that's fucking brilliant, and I like how the chancellor is going. Like Peter, don't forget me. I'm going to die in like it, my my death is imminent, and so was your your quest to go to MIT. But there was like there was no guarantee. She said she would talk to the board. Right. There's no guarantees that the board is going to. Get on, get on board with her, yeah, with her assessment. So to say that, oh, it worked. Mm, no, it mm, didn't. No, he he got a foot in the door, and he had maybe a second shot. The entire thing, and that's what what because it sounds ridiculous when you think about it. On paper, but it, the, the entire the, fucking it, superhero movie, the whole thing is ridiculous. The whole, well, yes, but but to, when when you hear it like this, the everything, the entire story is all just Peter makes a fuck up and then keeps fucking up trying to fix it. Right, right, yeah. It, it, it's a cascade effect. Yes, of fuckery and of Peter, teenage awkward fuckery. Right, right. That's exactly <laughs> it. And like I said. And it makes perfect sense because he's a, what, 17, 18-year-old kid with all this power and none of the wisdom that is needed to go through life. He's still learning the great power, great responsibilities. Right. And I did like the uh, the Matt Murdock um, 
cameo, yes. especially catching the brick, and Peter's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that was nice. I like I said, Pete, when Peter looked at Matt Murdock, he was like, oh, wait a minute, there's something here. Yeah. Everybody's, yeah. Everybody was like, oh, they're, they're saying Charlie, uh, they, they re-signed Charlie Cox. He's going to be back as Daredevil and whatnot. And that was that was them going, look, see, he's still here. We still got him, see? Yeah. He's still here. He still looks pretty. Yeah. <laughs> you know this guy. You like this guy. Speaking of liking and knowing this guy, did you see kind of a little aside here talking about Fantastic Four? There was an announcement or a leak that Disney has somebody else in mind to play Reed Richards. Okay. Not Jim Krasinski. All right. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Jim's his character. They're in <laughs> But I'm just like, no, you had the perfect guy to play Reed Richards. Yes. Don't. It, it ain't although, broke. Although <laughs> he was a bit of an idiot. Uh, see, he made he made that a massive fucking mistake. He was written that way. <laughs> I I kind of heard that that was the uh, like OG Reed Richards. Yeah, that was Krasinski playing him like the right. uh, golden age. The golden age Reed Reed Richards. Okay, how did the Fantastic Four get their powers? Reed Richards built a fucking rocket. Yes, launched his friends into outer space willing nilly. He had, he was arrogant, right? Yeah, and he's like, oh well, oh something bad happened. Oh my bad. Yeah. So so yeah, I that's the thing. People people are going to have trouble accepting a golden age version of Reed Richards. Yeah. Well, but now you give Krasinski Reed Richards, and you take away that that arrogance a little bit. See, but you think it needs to be there? <sighs> I get, you know it, what? It, it has it does. to be. It has to be there because he's the be smartest there. man on the planet. Yeah, the smartest man on the planet is going to be an arrogant douchebag. Yeah, the whole the whole reason he like Mister Fantastic is not completely off the fucking rails. Sue Storm, his wife, yeah, keeps him in check. So a great man is a great woman. Right. And Sue Storm, arguably one of the most powerful characters in... Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yes. Those force fields of hers, she can fuck a lot of people up with those I force fields. I heard, like, in a, there's a darker version where she was doing stuff with, like, little ones. Yeah. Think about <laughs> it. Think about it. She can air bubble a, a force field into you and... Yeah. Yeah. She can termite you. <laughs> with her mind, with her you, mind. you don't even know it's going to happen until they start picking like you up the, with like the senator from right from the boys, right? The head popper. So, okay, back on ba- track. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yes. Oh, who 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 was it? They they're looking at for Reed Richards. I can't remember his name, and I just I was just like, no. It, it, it was somebody. Some was it a, a name? Like a, no, no, I don't think it, I don't. Th- it wasn't a name I recognized, but everybody's like, it's this guy. Uh, and I was just like, right. okay. So, but it's not John Krasinski. Mm. I think people are kind of ripping on Krasinski's rendition because of the mistake he made, the blunder he made, but they, they're not getting the point. No. And for all intents and purposes, that was not a great movie. 
I enjoyed it a lot, but I'm also a fan of Raimi's horror comedy. And this was, he was trying to stay into the horror comedy realm inside of the Marvel universe. Right, right. And I get, I can see how that's not everybody's cup of tea. No, I, I under, I understand the Raimi-ness of it, Mm -hmm. but they could have told a better story. Sure. I admit there's, there's flaws. Absolutely. So to say, to say that, uh, Krasinski's Reed Richards, like he's bad. No, he was. He, he, That's just how some people have reacted right. to him. He 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 did the role that he was given as best he could give it. Oh yes, and if, I think he probably did it exactly how they wanted it. Right, and if Reed Richards made that mistake, Reed Richards is not infallible. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you read the books, he Reed makes a ton of mistakes a ton of mistakes mm-hmm. like he was part of when when tony cloned thor he was part of that oh really yeah oh damn yeah so reed reed ain't squeaky clean and he ain't he well he's a super genius but like tony he's a futurist okay he's got his eye on the future not firmly planted in the present to try to help the present. Again, that's an area of the comics that I wasn't a huge fan of, so I don't know. I'm not as well-versed. So Yeah, so it's... When when you look at it, they say, well, Reed Richards should have made that mistake. Yeah, okay, you don't know Reed Richards. So... I, I, I honestly, I just it was part of the movie. Like, it just, it made sense for how that movie was playing. Right. Right, you know, and it's Raimi. <laughs> like it is, it is. So, uh, Spider Man, Spider Man, Doctor <laughs> Spider Man. Okay, so Doctor Octopus gets gets his fucking arms hacked, and uh, Spidey is like doing the Spidey thing, and then Green Goblin shows up, and I'm just like, I am liking this movie so far. <laughs> I'm really digging this, and. They Not go, just they any the, Green Goblin. No, no. We got we got ourselves some Willem Dafoe Green Goblin here. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, this is this is getting better by the second. Come on, that that his rendition of Green Goblin yeah. was stellar. Yeah, yeah. And I liked, I loved the callback to the Spider-Man episode or issue when Spider-Man hangs up the oh the wife oh. Good. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So when when Spider Man hangs up his his mask and walks out of the uh, the alley, gives up being Spider Man. Mm-hmm. That was a direct callback when Osborn hangs up the the Goblin mask and and leaves that in the alley and smashes it. Not like how strong is Green Goblin, because he just picked up a rock and shattered that helmet, whereas Spider-Man is pounding the fuck out of that helmet in all the Spider-Man movies. Well, for one, he has taken, like, a version of a super soldier serum. Right, right. That's a, that's a big part of what's wrong with him. Right. Um, but has... for two, he also might, might know the weaknesses, so he might have hit, like... But Spider-Man has a proportional strength of a spider. Yeah. And Dr. Octopus has even stated in the comic books... That when he became the Supreme Spider-Man, he did not realize 
how strong Spider-Man really is and that Peter Parker has been holding back <laughs> all these years. That whole superior Spider-Man thing oh, sounds intriguing. It was fantastic. The parts that I did read of it, so good. Yeah. So good. Dr. Octopus in the body of Peter Parker. Yeah. And it's Dr. Octopus. And he's, he's, he's air quote, fighting crime while also running a super criminal organization. Oh, jeez. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spoiler. Sorry. But it, it, when, when, when Dr. Octopus comes across and makes that realization that Spider-Man like could have and should have crippled him eight times over is, is a stunning revelation. So I think there's rumor that we're getting superior Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse sequel. I'll take that. I'm, I, that's just a rumor. And remember, that movie's split into two. Yeah. I'll, so I'll take that. Like the trailer, I don't know if it really showed much of a villain type aspect. So no. I just know we're seeing it all the same. And I think we get to see a few more. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, we Bing need Goblin. Uh, Doc. So Peter and MJ and Ned are fighting for their existences on a, on a full frontal assault from J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yep. And they're just mobbed constantly. Um, freaking Flash. Fla- fucking Flash. That little douchebag. <laughs> Selling his memoirs. I like to know how time. he got his memoirs made that fast. He's rich. His family's loaded. Okay, but that doesn't mean he can't just... Well, magically put a uh, memoir on like uh, from apparently you can <laughs> but he had to write it mm-hmm. and the, the the stretch of time from the mysterio thing to when yeah they, that time timeline does jump pretty quick there right that's what yeah. i mean so all of a sudden we got flash has got a 400 page novel ready to hawk so yeah. i don't know he's just that kind of sleaze <laughs> <laughs> But J- I like this version of Flash. Yeah, yeah. It's better than the jock. That's why I like it. Yeah. The jock's overdone. It is. It is. It said we got two two versions of Spider-Man with the jock as Flash. And it's just like, okay, there's more, more douchebaggery to Flash than just being a jock. Yeah. Um, that being said, J.K. Rawlings as J. Jonah Jameson has never been more perfectly cast. Really? Yep. Like, I, there, there's nobody that I can think of that fits that role any better than that guy. And it's because he, and you know this is by design, he is mimicking the J. Jonas Jameson from the cartoon. Mm. That's oh, yeah. why it's it, it's he's hitting those notes yeah. because that is the one of those first times that well that is the first time I think where we got a voice yes. to J. Jonah Jameson yeah the <laughs> the, the menace that, that is Spider Man yes no I I really dug that the entire the whole, I did love how um the bugle 
went from Jay Jonah in a shitty little office with a green screen to an actual studio as he started to make money off of his assault of Spider-Man. Yep. So it, it in a very sneaky way, it showed how J. Jonah Jameson is rebuilding the bugle off of the back of his spider attacks. Yep. And it was like, oh, like, oh that's. Didn't he say awesome. it was a podcast? And, or yeah, something? It, like, it, was, it was just like a, a, a vlog. Kind of. it almost, <laughs> almost, it would almost be uh, like, a, like a Twitch stream at right. that point in time because it, like, it showed him sitting behind a desk with a green screen. That's basically him. how they have him in that, the video game. Yeah. Uh, I played the first, uh, the first part of it. I haven't played the Miles Morales or anything, but uh, that's how they have him portrayed on, there, on that game. And it's it, listening to his broadcast yeah. hilarious. I like and said j- jumping back and forth. There was um, <clears throat> who was it? Um, MJ was talking to uh, Spider Man number two, Toby, not no, Toby uh, uh, Garfield. Garfield, and she says something about. Do you think there's a black Spider Man out there? Or no. Um, he was talking about how Spider-Man like um, was always hopeful, and when he took the mask off, he's kind of somebody was kind of hoping he was black or something. <laughs> and some and somebody goes, "Well, do you think there's a black Superman out, or a black Spider-Man out there?" And there was like, "I'm going, yes, there is." As a matter of fact, <laughs> and that just opens the door to the like because of the multiverse mm-hmm. we get the opportunity to get miles morales into the the actual mcu like live action version of yep. miles morales and we get our black super fuck spider-man yep. and i was like yeah there it is it's there it's right there you also have a pig and a frog thor and all these other things that can happen yes so but for some reason they're they seem to be really holding on to that for the the animated stuff and i am not exactly sure why they're going that route is it because they think it would attract that demographic better it definitely lends more towards the video gamey crowd yeah that's what i'm thinking um but it's also you got to think it's a lot cheaper to make that kind of sprawling kind of uh super spidey epic yeah in in an animated style in in the long run it probably is cheaper oh definitely so it may take a little longer because animation especially the animation style they're using which is so amazing well actually multiple animation styles I was gonna say it's not just one animation style that they're using so you have to you have to integrate them all integrate them all and like give me more of that so um everybody's back from the first one beautiful beautiful which means more cage did he did he finally figure out the Rubik's Cube oh that was what he was saying. I haven't. I, I don't understand this, but I he will. was he was the noir. He was noir. Yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. Um, so we get Doctor Octopus. We get Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Who shows up next? I think it is Sandman. I think Sandman. Which great callback yes great callback the visual effects that they do with sandman is just like mm-hmm. oh yeah i forgot about sandman and looked great that was like the, 
arguably some of the best parts of Spider-Man 3 was the Sandman yes. stuff. Yeah. And it said he, Flint, Flint Marco is so conflicted. And like, he just wants to get back to his daughter. And Thomas Hayden Church played him well. Yes. Yeah. Like he said, he got the, the emotion of this guy. Like, he didn't want this. He's got it now. And it's a problem. And he can't. All he wants to do is go back home. Yep. All he wants to do. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Leave Hulk alone. <laughs> but um, when Jamie Foxx shows up as Electro, I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And, and that's why a lot of people consider like what they gave did for him in no way home was definitely that this is doing right by him. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. They, they were, they were making up. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. It was like, yeah, we fucked up. Um, but we got the, the air quote original electro is the blue skin and everything fighting Spidey and Sandman helping him out and getting it, getting the job done. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets fucking zapped back into, uh, <laughs> Stephen Strange's basement. Um, when we get to the basement for the first time, we find out that fucking the lizard is already there. Yes. And I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, the lizard. Yes. Great. great and it was, I believe, it was Reese Fons again. Yep. I'm pretty sure he was back. I, it would only stand a reason if you were capable of doing this movie and you were a, one of the Spidey villains, you go back and, and do that. Given that Defoe did it, and did his own stunts. Okay, that doesn't mean anything other than the fact that if he had gotten hurt doing his uh, own stunts. Maybe not his own stunts, but he did as much of like the action, like yeah, yeah. as much as he could. So a lot of the fight scenes where he could, if he could, he yeah. was doing it. And he's in his 60s. Right. So you got to think that anybody else, like, are you going to come back? Are you going to come back? What, Defoe's doing it? Nah. Like, he's doing what? Well, <laughs> that, that could almost be intimidating. <laughs> it should be. It really should be. But there, there, and speaking of the age of Willem Defoe, um, uh, who was it? I, I just heard this, and it was just like a fascinating, um, fuck. It was a celebrity. They were talking about, uh, they were at a golf, like a celebrity program golf thing. Uh-huh. And the guy was golfing with Clint Eastwood. Okay. And uh, the guy goes up and says, hey, Clint, really love your work. He goes, oh, great. And I said, really a fan of your stuff, too. I'm glad I ca- caught you today. Like, I'm going to, uh guy goes, what do you got? Oh, uh, what do you got next? Clint goes, well, I'm going to go start shooting a movie tomorrow. Clint Eastwood is 88 years old. And he's still making movies. He's still making movies. He still acts in yes. them, too. Yes. So if Willem Dafoe, <laughs> in his 60s, can can slap on a Green Goblin outfit, you gotta work, you got to think about what is Clint Eastwood up to. <laughs> yeah. so, um, they, they, they built him tough. Yes, they did. Yes, they certainly did. Uh, so we get the, the, the MacGuffin. Of the the, the the Rubik's Cube that w- yep. would reset everything from Strange and the uh, the wily youngsters scoop it up and disappear. Because well, to fix it all means to kill them all. It was going to kill uh, everyone oh, no. from the other dimensions. But, like, even still, just because they're cured 
their fate doesn't change. Right. They go back to their their proper universe and promptly die anyways. Yeah. So you get the feel good moment of hey, while they're in my presence, they're healed, but hit hit the emergency panic button, off they go right to the great <laughs> beyond. So yeah, hey, the argument you, the argument was there absolutely. Right. I, I I didn't mind that part of it. Like the, it it built good tension between Peter and Strange. Because Strange like, their fate is already sealed. You cannot change fate. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you can, like, just because, like, Electro is not Electro anymore, doesn't change his fate when he goes back to his universe. Right. So, they're still all going to be dead. Like, they may be, I don't I, I said... Do they regret being bad guys? That part is burned out of them. Like I know Norman Osborn, his his like when you last saw Norman, he was not in a good spot. No, because he knew exactly what the Goblin did, and he's still left with that baggage that he has to carry. Yeah. Then he gets popped back and dies anyways. Yeah. So, is that what? Does that make that fate better or worse? Do you think that's equivalent to, you know, seeing your life flash before your eyes? I think it's worse because. But for them, with them getting pulled out. Right. All this shenanigans happen over here and then poof, they're popped back in and then poof, they die. If that's where they were pulled, if they were pulled from the moment of their death kind of situation. They were talking about all of them are dead. But when they they came in, they came back alive. They because, were they were they but they remember their death. Right. That's crazy. Right. That I I think I I can miss that little that part of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But it's because Green Goblin was already dead. Doctor Octopus was already, they they already said they were dead. They were dead. Okay. Yeah, I I missed that dialogue. I guess. Yeah. So when when Stephen Strange says their fate is already sealed. He's not wrong. No. Strange saw them. They were already dead. They come back, and I, I, I don't know how they, like, fixed that. They, they can't. They don't fix that. They can't. They can't. So. Unless, you know, and you, you can't put it past them that they're sneaky enough to know that I go back, I'm going to be at this moment. I'm going to have, like, one shot. Well, you know, and even they, like and they prep for it. Electro even said that he goes. As soon as you send us back, we're dead. So we don't want to go back. I want to. Electro wanted to stay. Like I said, when he saw that arc reactor, he yeah. was like, "Oh, so <laughs> shiny, shiny." So every one of those guys that came back came back from the dead. They were given a second shot. The only reason they were air quote cured. Is to alleviate Spider-Man's conscience. Yeah. But they still go back to their death. Yeah. But here's the word. Okay. It's almost torture. It is torture. It is torture. Because when they died, they died as bad guys. Right? Uh Uh-huh. And they come back to life into this this multiverse. This Spider-Man cures them of their thing. They reach atonement. Right. They reach atonement. 
And then I gotta go back and die. What was the point they, of atonement? They didn't exactly. What is the point of atonement? Stephen <laughs> Strange was right. I hadn't thought of it that, that way at all. But you're still not ruining the movie for me. <laughs> oh, no, no. No, I'm not trying to ruin the movie. I'm, 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 I'm just trying to justify Stephen Strange saying their fate is already sealed. I I fully understood his point. Right. And, and I, I fully understood Peter's point as well. For me, I have to break it down to the analogy of the mouse that I had to drown in a jar of peanut butter. The mouse was already going to die. Its back was broken. Right, right. I just put it out of its misery. Right. They did the opposite. They but, gave them more hope. And then the, they killed them and again. And then killed them. And then, yeah. They did the opposite. The, they made yeah. it quick. They, the, or I made it quick. They stretched it out. Right. <laughs> they stretched it out. They gave these guys a little bit of hope. Oh, by the way, away you go. And, oh, see you, see you in hell. Because, you yeah. know, you're, you're, you're dying anyways. Yep. So as soon as they leave Peter Parker's Sony MCU-verse, they're dead. Yeah. They go right back to the dirt. Yep. Why does Peter Parker feel he has to cure these guys? I don't know. Cure these guys. My guess is this is a way that where nobody can say um, that, that, well, that Green Goblin, the the new Green Goblin's not as good as Defoe or whatever. Well, we can't get Defoe anymore. He's dead now. He's officially dead by multiverse standards. Right, we yeah, because we now see the now they've they've, they've just, shown the body. Yes, so. exactly. Uh, that's for, that's maybe what they were trying to do here. Uh, that that might be the only the the best explanation because now you can because you have shown Lizard, Electro, Sandman, Doctor Octopus, Green Goblin, Electro. Mm-hmm. Oh wait a minute, that's six. Yes. Oh, that that sounds like a sinister group of people. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> so you now can have. Yeah, they finally gave us the Sinister Six movie that we were teasing for like fifteen years. But but what you can do because they have been seen in the MCU Sony verse, you can have copycats. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. So. You get the copycat sin- Sinister Six fighting Spider-Man. Oh, now. definitely. So. Definitely. Not to mention, well, okay, continuing. Yeah. So, long story short, the big the big battle finally. Okay. What's your, what was your reaction to uh, the spoilers that you are probably already knew? What was your reaction to seeing Toby? I loved it. I, when, when Andrew Garfield showed up. Well, when when Ned casts the the first portal, and Peter, Peter, and he comes running in, and it's Andrew Garfield, I'm just like, yeah, that's kind of cool. And then they realize, okay, wait a minute, so we can summon, <laughs> yeah, other, they think other summoning Parkers? other Peters, <laughs> yeah, so we can we can get the other Parkers. And then when when Toby stepped through the portal. Like just casually, do do do. I was at uh, the theater I was in. Cra- the the crowd went nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. So satisfying. Mm-hmm. So satisfying to see all the way. Ned, Ned's Ned's Nana. While you're up there, can you get the cobweb that's yeah. in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> so, I liked I liked MJ's questioning of 
Andrew Garfield, are you really Spider-Man? Crawl across the ceiling. I'm not crawling across the ceiling. <laughs> I'm hanging from the ceiling as it is. So it was super satisfying to see those guys mm-hmm. one more time as as those characters. And they it worked so well yeah. that bubbles are brewing now for a possible amazing Spider-Man 3. Give Garfield one more swing. Yeah. Don't know if Toby is going to do another one. I think Toby's okay with uh, what he's done. Given that this was a good farewell for yeah. him. Yeah. If they stick to that route, Garfield needs another swing. Yes. I did like the one line about it was like somebody goes, "Do you got your suit? Or are you going dressed as a, a church camp counselor?" And Toby pulls his shirt back to reveal that he's got his uniform underneath. <laughs> fucking great line. But when they listen, what would Peter do? Well, he would go isolate himself. Where? And you got that visual of the two Spider-Men stand like stuck on that dome. I was like, oh, we are coming into visual territory mm-hmm. that the comic book geek in me is just like, give me all the McFarlane poses. <laughs> give me all of those yes, yes, iconic yes. Spider-Man poses. And we got all three of them doing different ones at the same time. And I'm just like, <laughs> there's so much fan service going on here right now. Oh, yes. So awesome. That to me is the perfect Marvel movie. Yes. Like it just, it delivers so much, so yeah. much. When they, when this, it, it made perfect sense. Like it follows, it follows the trope of they're doing great. They're doing great. Uh oh. Now the heels get, get their turn. And they're getting their asses beat, and they got to figure out how to come together. Just got to get to the hot tag. Right? And damn, if once they got on the same page, you got three of the most powerful characters in the MCU mm-hmm. working together. And it, having them in, in having them do that battle with the the statue of liberty and the in the, the the scaffolding as a background for all that that makes perfect sense for a spider-man yep so spider-man's new york yes and well it's not just that but it, it also gives them opportunities to swing yes and do those cool dives that spider-man does especially when i said mj falls mm-hmm and you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, here we go again. Here we go again. Because <laughs> we know this doesn't always end well. No. And <laughs> the fucking fact that Andrew Garfield made that save. And I'm just like, fuck. Yes. yes. And you could see. You could see. He was crying because he redeemed himself. Because he actually caught the girl. And she didn't die. Yep. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Such a beautiful moment. Yep. So even if you don't, ha- even if Garfield doesn't get another movie, I bl- I feel he's, he's got his, his moment when that, he, when he saved MJ, that, because when you do a third one with Garfield, all you're, all you're going to do is try to have him resolve that issue of trying to catch Gwen. And she dies. But what if it's... Because we don't know when he got pulled. It sounds like they, some time had passed for him. It's after right? the fact. So, yeah. yeah, but if they give us a three, now this is him picking the pieces back up. He's not trusted. He's not popular. 
he it sounds like he was a, he was a bit of a dick. Yes. He even admitted to going too far. Yeah. Well, yes, he he said he stopped pulling his punches. So or was that McGuire? No, that was It was Garfield. Garfield, Garfield was was angry. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of want that. It would be I don't know how you would do that one though. Like how do you, how, what villain do you use for him to get that that redemption? Yeah, I don't know. I don't so, know, but it, because it's possible. they could do it. It 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 it's something to think about, but all he had to do Molina's was save around. the girl. Molina's still around. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. No, he's dead. Now. I know. But well that was McGuire. I know. I know. Oh. I was making a funny. Okay. Well, it failed. I know. I know. Nice I, try though. I forgot the flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we glossed over a major point. The the loss of a character? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Green Goblin attacks the the condominium where Spidey and everybody else is a safe house. Safe uh, house. A stark safe stark, house. Yeah, stark a stark condominium. And start, uh, Peter brings everybody back, Electro, Ock, and Sandman. Weirdest episode of Big Brother ever. Oh, certainly is. <laughs> certainly is. And, well, it said we, we run into uh, Green Goblin has, is m- talking with May at the, the mission, the, the homeless mission. Yep. And that's when Peter, that's where you we, like, get the first hint of having to read redeem these characters mm-hmm. is because may is like no we don't kill them we we save them and that's that's how that ball gets rolling peter finds a, a, a maker machine in stark's old apartment yep and it makes whatever whatever it is so the first person that he experiments on is Dr. Octopus. Yes, he fixes the chip. Fixes the chip, and everything is right with Dr. Octopus from that point forward. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. He doesn't hear all the noise from the arms. Yep. Green Goblin attacks, and it's an all-out battle. And... The end result is Peter's anchor to that universe, Aunt May, is killed in that attack. And that was one of the most heart-wrenching moments. But that's Spider-Man canon. Yes, it is. Through and through, Peter's, air quote, voice of reason has to die. And now, that makes me wonder, where does Holland go with it next? Right. There's been no talk of what they're doing with him next. No. They, when when Aunt May dies in Peter's arms, it was so heartbreaking. And you just... I, I, I had bucket, buckets of tears just rolling. Yeah, it was like, it, it was painful to watch that loss. And you're just like, wow. 
And then she said, she said the line, with great power comes great responsibility. Yep. And I was like, all three of these movies are now, all three of these Spider-Men are completely tied together. Because that, that line is a universal line for all Spider-Men. Yep. This is like one of those, like one of those constant things, no matter how many variations of universes are there at some point in time, a, a figure of great importance to Peter Parker's life is going to say with great responsibility, with great power, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. Now that was written by Stan Lee. Yes. That was not like coming from like Abraham Lincoln or no, that those words and put together like that came from Stan Lee. Yep. And that is always been the thread that has kept Spider-Man together. That's an iconic phrase. It is. It is. And there's a lot of people need to learn that phrase. And in this world, yep. in this specific point in time, yep. and take that saying to heart, because it, it's true in the comic books, it's true in the fucking movies, and it's fucking way more true in this wor- real world. Yep. Because there's a lot of people with a lot of power and they've got no responsibility. <laughs> oh yeah. And there's a lot of people <laughs> that are suffering because of that. Oh yeah, definitely. So this this is the lesson that Stan Lee gave the world. And nobody listened. A lot of people listened. A lot of people listened just at the time no one with any any sense of that power. Right. But we are seeing that power being used responsibly in guys like Favreau yep. and Filoni. So, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So you have the passing of May, the shattering of Peter Parker. He's yeah. absolutely shattered at this point. This, I, I was bawling. I uh, I was full out bawling. Yeah. And I said it I said I could feel the emotion. Like it was definitely like it was a direct Torpedo strike right <laughs> to the heartstrings. Yep. Kind of, like, oh yeah, that, that was locked on. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said <laughs> they they didn't they didn't even try to disguise it. And they like said this was like, yeah, you guys are going to hurt for about the next ten minutes. Who who directed that? John Waters, I believe. I think and so. I'm thinking he he's watching that scene. He's probably watching the first screening, and he's like he's watching his watch ten. <laughs> and, and in simultaneous what yeah. <laughs> the entire audience is what? and he's sitting back on got him <laughs> <laughs> it worked <laughs> the um and that's when we get to see uh garfield and mcguire show up yeah and talk with holland spider-man and they get together on the same page. Why Why they were trying to build Captain America's shield on the Statue of Liberty? <laughs> I know it was one of those... <laughs> they even brought it up in the movie. It was like, why are they doing this? It shouldn't be done. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's stupid. But... It's Marvel. It's Marvel. Cap is at everything. least, at least it was destroyed. 
Yes. At the end. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Because first it was it would have to be the shield, and then in twenty years or fifty years time, it'll be they'll have to put wings on it. Right. Right. But. And then thirty years from that, it'll have a hammer. Yeah. Well. Because Thor will become Captain America. True. Ugh. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. So, what's your overall? Overall on Spider-Man. That Spider-Man No Way Home uh, was just fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed my time watching this one. Um, it hit so many perfect comic book feeling moments to me that like yes you have a team up they didn't know how to work together no and then they figured it out the team came together just like avengers just like all your other team movies they they get their asses beat it's the formula right uh the villains spider-man's got a fantastic rogues gallery Mm -hmm. and we got some of the best of them right I did like when they when they reimagined Electro when he first when he came back. I was like, yes. And when he did the power up thing, you saw all the the halo. Yes. Of the, I was like, yes, yes. You are doing it right. Finally, they fucking fixed a lot of problems with Electro. Mm-hmm. And they this, did them right, like we right. said. This is this is the time. This is the perfect example of a retcon done right, and. It's not. They're not trying to jam fake story into canonic history, right? Like Kenobi, <laughs> because like within very recent memory, you've got okay. I just finished a perfect retcon of a lot of things with the Spider One, yeah. and then you got Kenobi, which is uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Went over like a fart in church. Yep. And everybody's like... Everybody's- but it was massively popular. People are blind to how much of a mess Kenobi was. Kenobi was very popular. Oh, yeah, because they wanted it to be... Think so? You think it's it's just sheer want? They sheer want. They yeah. The fans, Star Wars fans, want more Star Wars. I, I will... I, I admit, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I want more Star Wars... I'm not. I was entirely entirely sold on Kenobi. It was okay. No. It was enjoyable, but but there was so much wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. much wrong with it. And they're banking on Star Wars. Yes. And you're going to blindly follow that. They're, and, they're, they they got to start to realize that you need more than just the word Star Wars. Right. You got to give more a little more substance now. Right. Right. And. There's a lot of people are at Disney are just like, why is Star Wars not working? Yep. Okay. All you got to do is look at the stuff done by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. Yep. And that works. When you shit all over Star Wars fans, call them toxic fans, toxic masculinity. You can't, you don't like this because you're wrong. Nobody's going to like it. Yep. They they Kenobi was popular because they're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because if they stop supporting it, they're going to stop making it. Yep. I still wonder 
How much of Kathleen Kennedy's fingerprints are all on over. Kenobi? I know it's all over Kenobi. Somebody yeah. said that she was uh, still producer on the other stuff too, but she has very little involvement in those. I kept hearing her name attached to Kenobi throughout yeah. its production. Yeah. And I think that says something. Yeah, it does. It, like I said, it's, it's night and day. When you, when you look at Mandalorian mm-hmm. and you look at, okay, this feels like canon Star Wars. Mandalorian feels like canon Star Wars. Yes, it does. Because the people that wrote it cared about it as canon. They gave us enough threads that it, where we didn't have to risk having to worry about retcon right. and whatnot. What little bit of retcon they've had to do is mostly minor yeah. in mo- in, you know, to most people. You know, except for the hard hardcores. Well, and those the, and those are the fanatics, right? The true fanatics. They said you'll you'll. Those are the like the the first three are biblical to the fanatics. Yeah. So there's you've got to like move mountains to make anything new fit within that that first three gospel that these guys follow. Right. Now Boba Fett. Had some stutter steps, yeah, but was still overall was still enjoyable. Had some problems, but still was still a far cry from Kenobi. Right now, next up, we I think is Ahsoka, and that that's going to be a train wreck. As I think, I, I'm yeah, I'm leery on that one. Because, I'm anxious for it, but I'm leery on it because Ahsoka was there for everything. Yeah. And I don't know enough about that history. Right. I'm going in cold with this. Well, okay. And I'm not afraid of that aspect right. of it because they're good at good enough at telling backstory. You you like you know, like I said, she was Anakin's Padawan. Yes. She was he was given this Padawan to try to ground him, to humanize him, to give him humanity. Because the Jedi Council saw that Anakin his his power was was too strong. Everything like he was he was destined to go to the dark side because he was so powerful. Yep. And he nobody was, listens to Yoda. Right. And Os- and Ahsoka was there to try and ground and anchor Anakin. Mm-hmm. And they kicked her out of the Jedi count. The out of the Jedi Order. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know the whole story it's there. In the, yeah, in the, we'll get to it. Yeah, like, you know when the show comes around. Yeah. And there's no reason why Ahsoka shouldn't be bitter about anything that happens. Like, like she has every right to be bitter. Mm-hmm. Like she should not feel any remorse with what happens to the Jedi Council. At that, from whatever. As I understand it, no, she has a right. Right. So. It's odd to say that of a Jedi. But she's not technically a Jedi Jedi anymore. So she's a force sensitive. I think they, I've I've heard the term thrown around that she's a gray Jedi. Yeah, that's. If if you subscribe to that, because that's not official canon, I don't think. No, I don't think it is. But. This is one of those things, yeah, the the gray Jedi, gray Jedi thing, it has been, I've heard of that one as mm-hmm. well. So, I don't know how you resolve all of Ahsoka. 
I don't know, but given who's doing it, I have a little, I have faith. Yeah. I'm just I am leery. Yeah, you know, we'll you know Kenobi bit us a little bit. Right, Kenobi stung. Yeah. <laughs> so first cracks. Really, it really all depends on the names that you see on who's writing this shit. Yeah, and I'm not sure who's actually doing it. I know Filoni's producing. I think. Yeah, um, I don't know how much Favreau's involved. So I would think Filoni has got. Fabrol's a great writer-director. Filoni is a better producer when it comes to the Star Wars I think stuff. So. He's, I think he's the mastermind control behind it all. Yeah. Where Favreau opened the door, Filoni's, Filoni's basically the Feige yeah. of, the, of the new Star Wars I, stuff. I, I, I agree with that statement right there. So you get Filoni pulling the strings, pushing things in the right direction. Trying to counter all the notes that you know are going to come pouring in from Kathleen Kennedy's oh, she's, office. She's out. As I, as I understand it, she's supposed to be out now, and the, but they don't have a replacement yet. Right. So they might keep her on as interim. You know, you never know. I know. You never know. So that's way above our pay grade. That's for sure. But they like said the the wokeness of a lot of Star Wars stuff. Is biting them. Yep. And just tell me a story. Because it doesn't fit. Right. Doesn't here, fit okay, here, here's a perfect perfect example. Uh, listen, watching a thing on YouTube, they're talking about uh, Reva um, from Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hasbro was trying to get a, like a crowdfunded uh, Reva um, lightsaber uh, replica. Okay. okay. It failed miserably. It didn't even get 1,500 backers. Okay. Because nobody likes that character. Really? That character. Wow. For whatever reason, the actress, whoever, who, who played Reva, probably a very lovely human being, but nobody liked Reva. And that, that, that. They're trying to figure out why nobody wanted to buy that lightsaber. Because nobody liked the character. Right. You're not going to support something that you don't like. Then it turns around when it when that campaign finally crashed and burned, Hasbro goes, well, it's all toxic fans. Now, conversely, there was <clears throat> in the same article that I was I was listening to. They're talking about uh, independent comic book creator uh, in the Ripaverse. The what verse? Ripa R I P P A V E R S E. I don't know what that it's, is. it's. It's an independent guy. Okay, so <clears throat> he got shot down. He got canceled on Reddit's comic book subreddit because people feel he's too much of a libertarian and he shouldn't have a platform in which to. Now, what is a libertarian? I, that's a term that I've heard, and I, I don't know where to yeah, put it. I, I, I'm Left not wing, right wing? Kind of right wing-ish. Okay. It's not, it's not something that liberals like. I don't know exactly okay. the whole thing. It, more, that's more of an American okay. thing. Right. But they did not like this guy being a libertarian, so they canceled him. Okay. Well, his... Um, comic book kickstarter at that at that point in time when the reva thing was happening his kickstarter was going he was almost at a million dollars 
on his Kickstarter. Okay. With his in, in completely independent uh, ISOM, I-S-O-M, is a black superhero. That's the number one. Okay. I went, mm, interesting. So I went and I looked at it. And I and I watched the video that they have this guy the the creator talking about his universe and stuff like that. I bought the first. I I supported that. You like what you heard? I liked what I heard. I went, okay, this is interesting. And you, you know what? I honestly don't care for something like that if they have their political issues in there. If you're still telling a compelling story, it's what that the artist. Yeah. His political leanings, whatever, You're, aren't translated in the book. Really? No. They're not? No. Well, then what the fuck are they complaining about? I don't know. I don't know. Just because <laughs> this guy leans this way in his real life, they feel whatever he creates is evil. I don't know. That's That makes no sense. I can, I can understand, you know, if it's propaganda. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and but what and for, with what I'm saying is propaganda can be okay as long as it's still entertaining, right? You know, Bugs just be, Bunny. You can Bugs yeah, Bunny Bugs, was propaganda. Mickey yeah. Mouse was propaganda. Right? They can still be entertaining. You can throw your propaganda message at me all you want. If I'm not interested, I'm not interested. Right. But if you still make it entertaining, I'm still going to watch. Right. That's exactly it. I like what. What they were trying to, what he was trying to sell me with his comic book, I was interested enough to throw him a little, some money to get the first issue. There you go. My understanding is now, people have like off off of these articles uh, about this Reva lightsaber and how Hasbro is like can't like silencing fans from talking about why they didn't want it. Okay, and how this guy is now. Like getting lambasted because of his political views, his Kickstarter is almost at two million dollars. Well, now. yeah, because as soon as you get, especially if if you're right in the libertarian being on the right wing, yeah. Oh, yeah. As soon as you say, oh, one of our right wing brothers is in trouble, yeah. But but that it's a different thing. It's I know a different thing completely. It's a okay. It's a black superhero. A black superhero, right, right there should be. Should be getting exposure. Right. So people are going to say, well, that guy's a libertarian. That means he's right-wing fascist and a, a, a bigot and like they did, a white they supremacist. They haven't, haven't even looked at the book. Nope. <laughs> Idiots. Nope. They just hear that this guy has, is part of, like, is a libertarian. Extreme right-wing white supremacist. I've, I've heard this story before. Um, yeah. Some guys made a movie. And then they went and boycotted their own movie. Yeah. Oh, here, here. You want to know the fun part? The 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 creator, he's a black man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Yeah. Why? Why is this book not already in my hands? Like, why is it not already in my face? Why is there not already a movie deal? Right. right. Exactly. You know, they should be bending over backwards for that. <laughs> right. If it's if it's even remotely decently made right <laughs> like all this guy wants to do is tell a good story and everybody that has have seen, you got it yet not yet not yet so when i do get it i'll let you know all right looking for a review yeah and because all the people that have like advanced reviews or whatever it's like it's a great story it's a great comic book story that's why i buy comic books yeah to get a good comic book story 
okay, uh, you know what? I want Captain America punching Nazis in the face. That's as much as my uh, politics that I want. Yeah. So you, you're right. Okay. You, 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 Captain America, giant white man punching fascists. Good. Make it so. New Captain America. Black man punching Nazis in the face. Good. Just tell me a good story. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about the politics. I care about how you're entertaining me. Tell me a good story. Fuck. Okay, you're you're in a good mood right now. You're feeling nice and angry, aren't oh. you? Thor, love and thunder. God damn it. <laughs> Let's keep the anger up. Yeah, okay. You were going to fucking hate that movie. Uh-huh. You will. You will absolutely hate it. I've seen, I, 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 I saw some reviews, like critic reviews of it. Yep, and it was fucking tanking off critic reviews. It's, it, um, it's got a lot of problems. Um, my personal opinion is it was fun, but it was too much silliness. Yeah, where for that it was. It was almost uh, jarring and didn't quite fit with the darkness of the villain's story. No, Bale was awesome. Yeah, Bale's great. Bale was great. His character story was amazing. Who directed this nonsense? Uh, Watiti, Taika Watiti again. Okay, Thor Ragnarok, same dude. Yeah. Okay. okay, so that's why they why they went this way. But they went, in my opinion, they went too far with it. Yeah. And but it, it was still fun. It was a visual spectacle. Will I watch it again? Not. It's not going to be a major return. I'll, I'll watch it once in a while, maybe, if, or especially if I go through the line. You know. But am I going to go back to it once when it comes out at home video, probably, and probably uh, not on a regular basis? I will not see a second of this. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't. Why can't I freaking speak? I don't. <laughs> because you sat. I understand that. Yeah, I okay. expected that. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of the fun moments, some of the better stuff, the stuff that I enjoyed. Russell Crowe, as Zeus, right? As Zeus. Yeah. My God, he was amazing because he was he played a typical Greek. Okay. He played him as a completely stereotypical Greek. It's fucking stellar. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's not your cup of tea. I no. get that, but I it was fun. That part was fun. Um, massive spoiler. I'm gonna just throw it out there. The end credit bonus scene, the yeah. final bonus scene. Massive spoiler. 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 You've been warned. Zeus is there. Zeus nursing his wounds. We thought he was fucking dead, but um, oh, caught. What I did see is he threw a thunderbolt at Thor. Thor caught it and threw it back, and it went through his chest. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But he's still alive, and now he's pissed. Oh, oh Now he's pissed, and he uh, he's sending his son Hercules. Okay. Who's playing Hercules? Brett Goldstein. Who? Ted Lasso. Roy. Roy Kent. <sighs> okay. I'm anxious to see him outside of uh, outside of Ted Lasso. Okay, but he's Hercules. When we'll see him, we don't know. But he was the, he was revealed as Hercules. 
This fucking hurts, man. <laughs> oh, speaking of Ted Lasso, just so you know, there is only one more season. Coming. God damn it. They made that perfectly clear that there's only going to be one more season. No. I know. I like Ted Lasso. I know. They got a bunch of Emmy noms again, of course, as they deserve. Yes. Um, uh, what fucking else? ATM. For- <laughs> um. They really push the story for this about, and this is what what, what leads the villains' charge mm-hmm. is apathy of the gods. Okay, that's whole. That's whole, what what sets Gore off is he lives his his life in service of a god, and his god let him die, and then he's faced faced with his god on his death, and the god says, "Well, yeah, that's your job. That's what you're supposed to, you know. That's what we do." Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not here to help you. You're here to worship me. Yeah. Well, this he's there. He found them. We don't. It's not fully explained how he just he just walked there. He just showed up there. He's in the desert. He dies with his daughter in the desert. Spoilers. Yes, I'm telling the whole fucking opening scene. Um, but he comes across an oasis, and there's his god and some other celestial beings. They just had a hunt. They killed, I can't remember the name of it, but he's got the, the God Killer sword, whatever. I can't remember the name of the sword. Okay. Um, they killed him, and they're celebrating the hunt. Well, the God is about to kill Gore, and the sword goes to Gore, and he, he's Gore the God Butcher. He's out to kill gods. Yeah. So, yeah, he's fucking shit up all over the place, and that's where Thor finds him, because he finds Sif. Sif survived an oh, attack by Gore. Yeah, yeah. She lost an arm. <laughs> Not canon at all, but but she survived. Sif okay. is the only of the Warriors three still alive, apparently. Okay. Um. And uh. Yeah. But oh. that leads that leads Gore on his charge, and it's so it's all about the apathy of the gods. And then when Thor goes to Zeus, where they're at, which is the Citadel, the Golden Citadel, all gods can go there. Or whatever. Olympia. Uh, they don't. I can't remember the name of it. It's not even Olympia. It's like a temple that's outside of everything. Oh, okay. And it's where gods go to okay. hang out and party. Sure. All they do. I mean, they're scheduling the next big orgy. <laughs> that was on the docket for the big god meeting. All yeah. right, is scheduling the next orgy. Um, but they don't want to help, even though they, Gore can't find them. Gore, blah blah blah. But it, anyways, they didn't. It's all about the apathy of the gods. Yep. Well, at one point, um. We got to see Thor do an actual godly thing. And I don't mean by he's God of Thunder, he's he's throwing the thunder and yeah. all that. No. He gave on a temporarily, he made it perfectly clear, he gave his power to a bunch of people that were trapped. I'm I'm, not, I'm trying to avoid major spoiler stuff here, but he he shared his power. With he me, blessed man. them. Okay. He, a bunch of children. Gore kidnapped a bunch of Asgardian children. Okay, he blessed them with some of his power. So it was it was right out of the Vox Machina, the fight at the tree when uh, Pike first shows up. Yes, and she blessed all their weapons. Yes, exactly what he did. Okay. He gave them all a little bit of his power, and they kicked the shit out of a bunch of shadow demons Perfect. while he fought his way up to Gore. Perfect. It was it was it was the first godly thing I've ever seen him do, where he blessed them with some of his power. And that's the thing with. Thor in in the 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 Norse mythology, he is 
is known to go going to uh, weddings of mortals, and he'll lay his hammer on the laps of the the women, the brides, and their legs break. I, no, because <laughs> they can't. No, it blesses the uh, the bride. Okay, so he, he that in in the lore. Thor has been known to go around blessing well, people. To me, that was the first time I've ever seen any of these god characters right. doing something actually godly. Right. I like that little bit. Right. It was, not, it it was not a nice touch. For fucking movies. <laughs> To kind of get an I, inkling. I'm of, not trying to sell this to you at all. I'm oh, just, I'm just telling no. you that that was that was a nice little thing that yeah. they did. That I really liked that part. Yeah, I really dug that a lot. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's going to lead to the progression of that character wherever they're going next. It's not sure, but I think God's uh, Thor is. I think th- this movie is him kind of coming to grips with. What it actually means to be a god. Again, this is the fourth fucking movie. I know. I know. They're, they're taking a long way to get there. <laughs> now, the other aspect and the other major part of this, the whole Jane Foster story. Yeah, yeah. Really well done. Really well done. I, as I understand it, a very accelerated version of the comics. Yeah. It was really, really well done. And spoilers, it was a nice send off. Yeah. So it, it, it played well. So now the effect of what they do with Mjolnir for her, yeah, because she goes to Mjolnir, she's sick, has cancer, and she has cancer. She, but something in her calls her, like as she's doing her research, trying to find every means. She something calls her to Mjolnir. Well, they show a flashback scene when her and Thor were lovey dovey before they had their falling out. Yeah, where he imbued Mjolnir to protect her. I don't recall. He that. whispered. He, it, it, they're lovey dovey and like, the, like they're they're doing the, the, the like the suburban couple lifestyle thing for a while. They show this all in the movie. All right. And at one point, he leans over to to Mjolnir and he says, "You protect her." And you see that symbol, like when when Odin spoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he basically gifted Mjolnir to her. Okay. So she goes there, and boom, it attaches to her. Like it, and she gets the power of Thor, and she's strong, and she's kicking ass. But it was shattered. All the pieces were in this protective dome in the middle of New Asgard. Yes. Now it's back again. She can throw it, and the part, the pieces will fly out and, and cause a bunch of shit, and then come back together again. It was, new, it was a neat effect. I know it's okay. not Mjolnir. I get that. I'm adding to your anger, I'm sure. <laughs> but it was a cool effect that yep. they did with the broken Mjolnir still having its power. It was cool. It was a nice yep. effect. And then how, how she uses that in the climax yep. was really, really cool. Thor was shot for $250 million. Yeah. Opening weekend, domestic, $150 million. That was the first movie, right? No. Oh, this one? Love and Thunder. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. I know it hasn't done super well. It did have the op- highest opening of the series, of the Thor series. Okay, so it sucked but the least. It's, I know it hasn't, it hasn't done as gangbusters numbers, absolutely, no. and I can understand why. It was fun, but they did go too far with the the silliness and the Taika Waititi-ness of it. Um, Korg has some interesting stuff, but... Really woke, I hear. They missed... Yeah, oh, there's definitely a lot of wokeness in there. Um, But it didn't detract a whole lot, in my opinion. And you know, know, I'm sensitive to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be too much. It it got... They said there was... Somebody was uh, 
taking headlines from Taika Waititi talking about this. And he goes, I don't know what everybody's upset about. Everybody's queer. Yeah, because Korg Korg comes from a race of only males. Right. But Taika Waititi's saying, everybody on the planet. It's like, no. (laughs) Waititi's weird. Right. And, you know, whatever. Right. So... I I I I only listen to him when it comes to like the the silly stuff. If he's trying to say something important and poignant, meh. Well, how can you even take any? Although, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? No, because Taika Waititi doesn't interest me okay. well, as 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 a creator because of what he's shown me so far from the things that I've seen that he's done. Okay, I don't think he's, he's as he, good as a lot of people. Claim he's an acquired taste, absolutely. Then okay, yeah. if yeah, you, you probably wouldn't. Won't so I, I? I like some I, of his stuff, not all. I, of his okay, stuff. I just watched Spider Man No Way Home. To me, and you even said it's the perfect super superhero movie, yep. right? Yep. Now why can't somebody within the same universe make a good Thor movie without? Yep. With with keeping their politics out of it. Without, like, Korg, okay, Korg comes from a, a race that's all male. Who cares? It, I didn't care. I don't know. It was cute. It, well, the way they, what they did with it was, was funny and cute. Okay. So it doesn't matter. Like I said, that's. It, right. It doesn't matter. It, it had no effect on the story so whatsoever. Don't bang me over the head with your. Yeah, your, your woke politics. It, he, there was that's a, why that's a why that. a lot of the Star Wars stuff is failing. Yeah, because Kathleen Kennedy espouses this wokeness in this, and it's not working. Believe me, I know that's one of the main reasons why I have not rewatched Solo yeah. is because of the droid shit. That whole droid rebellion shit. Yeah, that that pissed me off to no end. So. When when they say, well, Star Wars is about rebellion and stuff like this. Yeah. But on the surface level, I don't need... Star Wars was not written to be a political commentary. No. No. Unlike X-Men, which was. Right. You Absolutely know, it was. A lot of comics, a lot of the comics that we're, we're talking about with these movies were originally written to be some sort of social... social uh, satire or commentary, right? All not of them. Some, not satire. It was commentary. Commentary. Um, and I get it. And I to the point where the X Men, Stan Lee, was way way ahead of the curve when it comes to a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. And I got the commentary of the X Men and what they were going for, and it to the point where. His subtlety of of his uh, commentary makes me super sensitive to the overt, way over the top, woke cancel culture mm-hmm. that's being hammered into us now. We're used to, because, uh, you know, we didn't see a lot of this stuff. You know, it was taboo in, our, in all our pop culture growing up, but they would slip it in. Yeah. They would give us those little side characters. We yes, we called them tokens. That was the term that they were given. Right. 
it was still exposure. It's still something. Some, a lot of them might have been bad stereotypes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Which I we're probably getting close to time, right? And we got a little bit of time. We got a little bit of time. Yep. Okay. Because I do want to briefly talk about another film. Sure. Um, but I, I, I'm not going to talk about too many spoilers on that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder. You're going to hate it. Okay. Um, but I did go see uh, um, it at the Capitol. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay. And if you're not familiar with this movie, this movie is getting all the hype, and it's one of those rare movies that is worth it. Okay. I've um, heard the name, but I'm not familiar with... Are you familiar with the movie Parasite from a few years ago? Remember how it took the Oscar, the first a foreign film to win the Oscar? That was Korean. It was Korean, that? yes. Um, I... But I, do you do you remember the buzz behind it? You know, I, rem- I do remember the buzz, but I... I'm, I'm having a hard time recalling the movie right now, but I do remember like it was like everybody's like the family that lives in the slums that sneak their way and con their way into a rich family house, and then there's a somebody living in the basement and yeah, mm-hmm. stunning film came out of nowhere. Well, everything everywhere all at once has the same level of hype. Okay, and it's absolutely worth it. Um, it deals in multiverse, but in a totally different way from anything Marvel. Okay. okay, it is not exactly a superhero movie per se. M- Marvel doesn't own oh no, the whole concept of the multiverse. The um, multiverse is a very real oh yeah concept. Yes, the multiverse so. theory is an actual thing. Yeah. Um now here's the neat part, the part that made me smile when I go, when I heard about this. The lead actress is Michelle Yao, legend. Yes. Okay. Yep. Lead actor, you may not recognize the name, but you know his m- most famous pieces of work. Ki Hui Kwan. Okay. You know him as Short Round or Data from uh, Temple of Doom and Goonies. Yes. He left the business, or he stopped acting all those years ago because he wasn't getting good roles. Well, those, the Temple of Doom and Goonies, they were like not that far apart from right. each other. So, so you're talking early, mid-80s. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, he was, there were no good roles for Asian actors. You're, you're getting stereotyped or you're the kooky Asian goof or, you know, all only stereotypes, no good roles. Jet Li would argue against that. Jet Li came much, much later. Jet Li came up in the 90s. Shokushugi would argue. I, and again, most of their stuff was over in o- over there, not in North America. Okay. They weren't getting good roles in North American film. Long duck dong. <laughs> Again, stereotypes, and that which was funny because that same actor uh, was also in the movie Gung Ho with Michael Keaton, yep. which has been pinging my radar a lot. I'm probably going to be revisiting Gung Ho. Really? It's it's a go to movie for me for Michael Keaton. I love that movie. I loved it growing up. I remember watching it a few okay. years ago, and it's still funny for me, even though it's doesn't may not be perfectly okay by city standards. No, no, no. I, like I said, I just said I didn't mind it when I first watched it, but I didn't. I don't know it, what it, it is. It's not enough to make me want to go back and watch it. Again. I don't know what it is, but something about that movie stuck with me for Michael huh. Keaton's comedy back then. Like he just worked for me. He was good. Still, I was, yeah, Mr. Still Mom, good. Mr. Yeah. Mom, that Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like he was on a roll, you know. Yeah. Um, but Kiwi, yeah, Kiwi Kwan. Came back to acting. He became a martial artist and stunt coiner, yeah. having worked with Jet Li on a few films, including The One, another multiverse film. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so he plays the husband in this. Mm-hmm. And he comes out when you first meet him. He's all 
timid and quiet and he's Freddie's very helpful and you know he loves you know loves his family and all but there's something going on and then then everything shifts and he becomes this badass oh yeah and this is the only scene I'm going to spoil is that he beats the crap out of a bunch of security guards in this office. It's an IRS office, actually, no. with a fanny pack. Nice. And at partway so through. A useful garment. At partway through the fight, when he starts taking a few hits, he stops them. He puts his hand out. Now stop. And he reaches over the one cubicle wall right behind him, and there's a fish tank. And like, what the heck is he doing? And he grabs a bunch of stones out of the fish tank. Unzips the fanny pack, puts them in the fanny pack, <laughs> unzips it back, zips it back up, and then tightens the thing around his hand again, never losing eye contact with the security guards. And Wait. now the fanny pack is dripping and it's heavier. Yep, weighing it down a little bit. There you go. <laughs> it's like, my God. But where it goes from there, because that's fairly early in the movie. That's what the first third, in the first third of the movie, the story the portrayals because they do flip between versions of themselves. My God, is it great? And he was fantastic in it. What brought him back is uh, we're getting good Asian roles. Now that movie, crazy rich Asians was massive. And there's been a lot of a string of great Asian roles coming out now. Mm -hmm. So now he felt, okay, I can do this again. And man, he swings and hits for the fences on this one. Nice, and they're all the buzzes uh, for all the awards is going, and yeah. well deserved in my opinion. Very cool. So right, highly I recommend. I think I post on Facebook. Everything, everywhere, all at once is a must see film. Okay, I'll have to track that one down. Highly recommend it. Oh, cool. All right then. Okay. Ah, uh, that feels good. <laughs> I've been holding that in. I didn't. I didn't message you all week. To I not know. Talk about I know. I so like. I was trying to figure why. Why you had gone radio silent. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. He was going to go see Thor. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk to me because I'll, I'll pry out yes. some of that rage. Too much. Yeah. Too much. Bale was great, though. I will say Bale yeah. was great. Well, But okay. he's a one and done. I will it's say that. Christian Bale. Yeah. It, it's, you're very hard-pressed to find something that he's not good mm, in. Some people question his Batman, but what? I enjoyed it. Oh. He worked for it worked for me. So, I know, a lot oh. of people don't like it. They they don't put him high on the who's the best Batman list for a lot of people. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah, okay, I know. Um, no, that I find that I'm kind of stunned over that. He's not uh, not the first one that a lot of people go to. Oh no no no! They're going to go with uh, Adam West, obviously. Generational Adam West. Some people do go to Keaton because he was the best Bruce Wayne. Right, right. A lot of people now, still okay. go there. All right. When it comes to Bale Batman, I'll give him one and a half movies out of his three. Okay, because he, he goes way over the top later in the movie series. Yes, I will take his first entries. As the best version of Batman. Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Keaton as Batman. I'm not buying that. And we're getting Keaton again in this Flashpoint movie, which is going to be a one and done for Ezra Miller. That kid's a wreck. Oh, he's a fucking train wreck. Domestic violence charges, assault charges in in Hawaii of all places. Wow. How do you do that shit in Hawaii? That's paradise. Settle down, fuck's sakes. <laughs> Must have gotten to the meth. Yep. 
So. Yeah, where's dog when you need him? No kidding. Okay, no I'll set that kid straight if he can, get, <laughs> if he can catch him. All right, uh, gonna call any, it. Got anything else? Uh, well, we can get into wrestling, but that's a whole long conversation. Yeah, we ain't got time for that. G one started. Yes, and... I'm halfway through the first episode. Um, episode. <laughs> For first night, yeah, if you will, um, but uh, I'm ha- I was having technical difficulties trying to watch it. Don't so gotta keep I gotta keep trying. Yeah, but I like I said the um, the first night main event uh, Okada versus Jeff Cobb. I'm anxious to Good see that. Match. I like Cobb a lot, and, yeah. and Okada. Come on, uh, the um, I'm some of the matchups are very intriguing. Just just looking at some of them, you just kind of like, oh, okay. Then there's a couple you just kind of like, okay, yeah, this this pads the stats mm-hmm. kind of thing. So there is what I like about the G1 is there's surprises that happen. Oh, always happen. There's always a few. Yeah, and it's it's good stuff. I like Juice Rob. I haven't seen a whole lot of Juice Robinson since he's done his gimmick change. Fucking rock hard. hard, rock hard, Juice Robinson. I was just like, oh, this fucking. It makes me chuckle for yeah. a completely different reason that I'm going to bashfully tell you because of a porn. <laughs> Years ago, my dad uh, worked for a property management company okay. where he would have to clean out apartments and whatnot when people left. Yeah. But they also had uh, storage facilities, so he'd have to empty some of those out. Yeah. So he would come home with treasures every once in a while. <laughs> and he came home with a box of porn. You forgot the air quote treasures. <laughs> um, he came home with a box of porn right before Christmas. And a week before the Christmas that year, uh, we came over to wrap our Christmas presents at their house because oh. we do all our, we were doing uh-huh. all our Christmas stuff there. And he's like, early Christmas present, go pick one out of the box. <laughs> Uh, and there was, and there was, there was the porn parody, if you will, of the NWO. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Rock hard Rick Houston was a character in that porno. (laughs) So now when I hear rock hard Jesus Robinson, I just, I really go flashbacks to that fucking porn. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well... Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> this has been the Three Nose Podcast. Where do you go from there? Right? Go Thank from you there? for listening. You're still here? It's over. Oh, go man. Home. Y'all come back now. Yeah. Stunned into silence. <laughs>